But all I know is, okay, so this is a continuance of the last um, episode. So all I know is, you know, I just, you know, I picked up on certain things, but I didn't want to fall into the same things that he had done to kind of like, you know, pull her in and entice her and kind of like play over her mind. So... As I was saying before, and I didn't get to finish saying this, but earlier in the year, I've, I, I've sensed that somebody wanted to see us fight. They wanted us to fight each other. They were encouraging a fight. And then I had a vision of, you know, being pulled out of bed by my sister and my cousin. And all I know is, and this is a different cousin, but I think that they used maybe my cousin's image to do it so that you know they could disguise her cousin because I would have felt something was up if I saw her cousin and this actually even looked like her aunt's bedroom and then I saw my mother and I saw a guy and I thought like why would my other brothers be there so it felt like maybe it was her aunt and who was actually posing as my mother and maybe like some guy maybe her boyfriend but I remember somebody saying, you're smart, you figured it out. But it's like at the same time, it's like, no, because it really could have possibly been my cousin, my actual cousin. That could have possibly even been my mom. She is aware of everything that's going on, so I don't see how it couldn't have been. But I just didn't know how it could have been my cousin because she wasn't in Texas at the time. And then my brother, you know, he wasn't in Texas at the time either. I believe he was even, well, yeah, he wasn't even in Texas. So I was like, how is that possible? But they could have gotten here. You know, it's possible because my sister worked for the airlines at the time. But all I know is, you know, during this vision, they pulled me out of bed and they were pulling me away. And when they were pulling me away, I'm like, I didn't, at first I didn't see much alarm because I was just like, why are they pulling me out of bed? That's odd. But where are they taking me? And I didn't think that it was ever, like, I knew it was off and something was wrong. Like, where are you taking me? It doesn't feel right. You're not telling me anything. And you just seem like you're up to something. But I didn't know what they were trying to do. And then that's when I heard somebody whisper to me, they're trying to kill you. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't I didn't automatically believe it. But then I was, then it was like, no, for real, they're trying to kill you. And then it sunk in for real. And then when it really sunk in for real, like they really was trying to kill me, I noticed it and I started fighting them. And when I started fighting them, they started trying to handle me, like trying to like get a grip on me and get a hold on me. And that's what made it more real. Like y'all really are trying to kill me. So I really started fighting for my life. And that's when, that's when I found out that, you know, I actually, you know, could beat them up both of them at the same time my whole life and you know what this is why I feel like it really was my real cousin that wasn't in Texas at the time because you know my whole life she's always been one of my bullies and her her and my sisters always bullied on me my whole life they've always used to beat up on me used to used to love picking up picking on me and stuff and they always used to tease me at how everybody used to tease me how I get beat up by them and how I can't fight and I always knew I could but I just wasn't going to practice on my cousin and my sister like you know those rules and those um what they always say my dad and my mom would always say you never fight your cousin your sister your family like 
strangers on the street. And I couldn't see myself doing that anyways because it's like, that's brutal. Do you understand the mindset of really genuinely wanting to hurt somebody that bad? Fighting, first of all, is violent. But just to have a brutal mindset where you, you know, you would do whatever it takes to win. Like, and you know, when you know these fights kind of go far, like, when you family, you say you don't ever go that far, but it de- it depends on how determined you are to win. It really does depend on how determined you are to win because you see that family fights can go very far and get very bloody if you are very determined to win. I remember when me and my cousin was fighting and we was choking each other out and stuff. Like, it got really bad. So, you know, I understand that it's it depends on how determined you are to win that fight, you know, how far you'll go. So I never did fight them like strangers on the street. I said that if I ever was on the street and it was like life or death, of course I'm going to win. I know how to fight, but I'm not about to fight my sister or cousin like that because are we going to sit up here and kill each other? No, I don't think so. If it's a stranger on the street, I might have to kill them in order to save my own life. I'm not about to kill you, though. Like I can't fight you like that. I love you. I have love for you. I don't understand how you ever fight me like that. You used to always hurt me. But at the same time, it's like I'd rather, you know, let you win than fight you like that because that's not who I am. Like I can't. I can't in my within myself, you know, bring myself to, like, really want to be that brutal on somebody. Like, some people go way too far. Like, on people, period, to even fight a stranger like that. Like, some people go way too far, you know, and they super violent, and that's Satan. That is Satan. So, you know, I know God is, I've always had the spirit of God in me because he was, he would show me different things like that that's just not worth it. It's like, it's just not worth it. Sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, it's more worth it to let it go. It's more worth it to walk away. It's more worth it to let them feel like they won whatever it is they think that they won than to keep continuing and do things like that because, you know, that is is dangerous. It's not worth it. So all I know is, you know, this is this is the time. I always knew I could beat them. I always knew I could beat them both up at once. I always knew I could beat one of them by themselves. They always used to feel like, you can't beat one of us, so how you, you really can't do nothing with both of us. And, you know, they used to be, like, playing over me. Like, I can take her by myself, one arm behind my back. And used to really just feel so cocky about it. But, like, you know, I always knew what I could do. I just knew I was never going to fight them like that for no, just for no reason. Like, if it ever gets to that point and I pray, it never do. You'll see, but it's like, I don't want to pray that you see. I don't want to ever get to that point, you know? And I was praying that they never had that in them, that they would take it that far. I would have to show them because the only reason or way I would ever show them is if they were, like I said, trying to kill me. And I had to. So they were trying to kill me, and I had to. And I found out I could beat both of them up at once. But what stopped me... Because I had the power to to beat them both up. What stopped me was my love for them. Because my love for them wanted to see that they, they, they still had it in them somewhere, even though they was trying to kill me, that loved me. Because I trust God. Ultimately, I trust God to handle the situation. I trust God to bring me out of a situation. So, yeah, he might be, he the one who told me they're trying to kill me in the fight. But at the same time, you know, um... 
at the same time, I just wanted to believe. Like, I wanted to see for myself if they would care if I really die. Because they're trying to kill me, but I don't think they understand the severity of when I'm actually gone. And some people don't understand it until you're gone. So I wanted to see if they if they cared, really. I could have got out of there. I could have got away, and I could have taken off and never seen them ever again at that point. That could have been enough for me. But I wanted to know, for real, like, would you really kill me? For real? And so she stabbed me with something, a syringe in my shoulder. And as I fell, I was like, you're my sister. I thought you loved me. And then I saw her burst into tears. I was like, okay, yep, knew it. There it go. It just takes for, you know, sometimes people, you know, they take you for granted. Sometimes... People around you that you grew up with your whole life, they so used to you being around that they take for granted what it would really be like without you. They think that, no, I'm tired of this person. I really want to get them out of there. I don't never want to see their face again. I don't care if they die. People say that and they really believe that and they feel like that is true. But then once you're really gone forever or dead forever, they be like, you know, that's when it finally hit them. Like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? So this is why people's logic is sometimes you have to bless people with your absence. Love them from a distance because that's the only time they truly appreciate your presence. And I just want, I'm just i just one of those people who I understand it and I agree with that. Sometimes that is the case, but I just feel like let it be truly needed. Let it be, you know, let that let it get to that point for me where it's like no turning back because if I leave I'm not leaving to prove a point I'm leaving forever I'm not gonna come back like oh hey you 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 know you miss me now like if I did that now I wouldn't have no I wouldn't know my own worth if I leave I'm for real because I felt like it was time it was nothing else. it was just time for that you just I just needed to go so I wouldn't even play with that so I'm gonna fight until I don't have that fight in me no more I'm gonna fight until I can't be around you no more it just I just can't do it so, I was always thinking that the whole time, like, if it ever get that far to that point, that I'll go. But, you know, I'm going to fight with everything I got in me up until. But, as I said, you know, I overpowered them when it came down to life or death. Just like anybody would, you know. When you fight people and you win fights, that is not a show of strength. That is a show of character. And that's a fact. A show of strength. Anybody, if they about to die, going to win. I promise you, anybody on this planet, you fight them and you um and you, they know you're trying to kill them, they are going to win. Because it's, if it's about fighting for your life, you fight with everything you got in your body. You fighting for your life. Nobody is a loser. Nobody, you know, can't fight. I don't know why anybody think that. Fighting is not hard. You just have to want to inflict pain on somebody. It's usually consisted of angering yourself and hatred for that individual. It don't have nothing to do with being weak. And I don't understand how people don't see that. Like, people pick on people like, I can beat you up and I'm bigger than you and I'm better than you. When really, in reality, the only difference between me and you is you more, you have more hate in you. You have you have more of a ten- tendency to inflict bodily harm on someone else. That's the only difference between me and you, and I maybe don't feel like it's worth it. But if you try and kill me, do you see how bad, how really, how tough I really am, or anybody? 
So for me, growing up and and them teasing me about not being able to fight, I just didn't feel the need to prove that. Just, you know, I didn't feel the need to prove that by being violent all the time. I wasn't that kind of person. Because if I had decided I'm tired of getting beat up, I want to win, then I had to get into my heart and I had to ignore who I am inside. And I have to decide that I want to inflict bodily harm on somebody enough to win, no matter how far it, I have to go. And it's when you decide things like that, you don't understand what kind of person you're deciding to be. And you darken your heart and you become, you know, more satanic with every single decision that you make towards and in that step of that direction. You darken your heart and you, you don't even know, but you are setting your destiny in stone. Like, and it's it's very necessary that we know that, you know, we grow up and we hear all of the stories about don't you, you know, worry about a bully because bullies always have something that they're dealing, they're going through that they're not dealing with correctly. So just know that, you know, to feel bad for them and show them love and, you know, don't, you know, this is, this is what you need to know about bullies and all the other stuff. And I was like, you know, duh, we all know that. It's the fact that, you know, to a certain extent, you don't care because you still getting beat up on. And they still taking it out on you every chance they get. We know it's something wrong with them. We know that it's something they're not dealing with. We know that they have a little bit more anger than most people or a little bit more hatred than most people do. Because who else doing stuff like that? But when it comes down to it, though, you know, like they say, you got to feel bad for them. Understand where they're coming from. Understand that we all got a battle that we're facing. And we all, you know, need to be more considerate of each other each and every single day. That's why you need to love your brother and your sister. And that's that was the difference between, you know, me choosing to prove that I could beat them both up and not choosing it. You know, I promise you that every single body around me used to always be like, you know, when they used to rarely defend me, they would be like, don't you worry about it. Someday you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to beat them up and, and they are, they're not going to never be able to beat you up ever again. And I was, I used to be like, okay, and I'm supposed to, they're supposed to motivate me. Like they're supposed to make me feel better. Like that's such a pathetic mindset to have. One day I'm going to win. And one day you ain't never going to be able to win ever again over me. And I'm waiting on that day. Like you understand that mindset means that I don't believe I can do it right now. If I wanted to, like, and maybe I don't want to speak for everybody. Maybe somebody, somebody really do need to get older and that's how they learn how to do it. But honestly, like I said, it's a mindset. It has nothing to do with physical strength. It is a mindset. You have to be willing to take it that far because if you have to get older and beat them up, that means you had it in you the whole time to beat them up. You got older and you realized that you weren't going to take that anymore. Or you realized that, you know, some certain things you just don't care about anymore that held you back from doing it. You got over that. You grew up and you you figured, like, it's about time for that now. And anybody who waiting on that day is, is quite miserable. Because understand bullies can make you feel miserable and that stuff can inflict a lot of pain on you. You'd be waiting on the day that you, you know, get to show off and prove to them, like, you know, uh-uh, like, I'm not the one. But, you know, I'm not the one now. 
And if I need to prove that to you, then I'll prove it to you now. Because if it's really about winning, how about I just get it in my mind that I go to any length to win right now? I just don't want to. That's just not who I am. And I won't let you and who you decide to be change who I am and who I decide to be. So it was just, you know, it's about God, you know, picking out, you know, God picking the real strong ones, the real brave ones, the real courageous ones. Not that you're not strong or you're not brave if you decide to be a bully and that's how you do things. It's just the fact that, you know, real bravery and real courage comes from being able to walk away from a fight. God was the strongest man alive. Jesus is the strongest man that have ever existed. And he let people smack him. Jesus was the strongest man to have ever existed. He let them lead him up to a crowd to a cross and nail him through his hands and his feet he endured all that pain at the hands of people who couldn't hold a candle to him if he ever decided to throw a punch and that's real strength that's real bravery and that's real courage so we all know this but you a lot of times it just don't sink in enough until you get older that the people who have to go around proving their power all the time are usually the cowards are usually the scared ones the people who are able to hold off from a fight or, you know, allow themselves to look like they're losing or allow someone else to look like they're winning because they know who they are and they don't need to prove that to anybody are the real powerful ones. They hold the real power. Those are the ones you need to worry about. And we always used to say that growing up. My family members used to always say that growing up, even though they used to tease me about getting beat up by them. They used to always say that growing up. They used to say, you need to watch out for the quiet ones that don't bother nobody. Watch out for the ones who don't pick fights because those will be the ones who really whoop on you when it comes down to it. But I told myself, I'm the quiet one who don't pick fights and I'm still not going to beat you down like that when it comes down to it. Because, like I said, it's a mindset and I don't like fighting. I'm not a fighter, you know, but I am. But all I know is that day when that happened... It was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was supposed to be a shock. I think that everybody else knew it the whole time. Like looking back on past memories, I would see my family members, like kind of like saying little subliminal stuff without actually saying like, "You can beat them up. You can win." Sometimes they just straight up say it. "You can beat them up. You can win." I know you're stronger than them. And you know, it would annoy me because it's like. Don't provoke them to want to fight me again. They know it, you know. But it's like, I'm not, I've already decided that I'm not going to. So they're taking advantage of that. Don't provoke them, you know. But like, at the same time, you know, you know, if you know it, then you know I know it. And you don't got to say it. So most people didn't. And, but they knew it. So this day was not a shock. I noticed it wasn't shocking. When I brought it up, nobody was like, super shocked like we knew that the whole time just like when they found out that I'm the chosen vessel in the family they knew it the whole time a lot of times everybody around you sees who you are and what you possess and you think that the way that they treat you growing up or the way that they act around you is an indication that they cannot see it or don't know it and it's the complete opposite it's an indication that they've been noticed it they know it just as well as you do but I think it's spiritual because a lot of this stuff we already all know about, about like we can tell, we can pick up on these things 
and maybe it's from different things that people do and other times it's just because you can't you just know you don't know how you know they didn't do anything yet but you just know just like that love at first sight feeling even though I never believed in that you know you just know you you just know it's spiritual so just like I always knew God was black but I didn't ever see him black until I was 19 I didn't actually see an image of God's face as black till I was 19. I read it in the Bible what he looks like. And that and I just always still knew what he looks like, even though I wondered what he looks like. When I saw him, I was like, of course you look like that. He's like, yeah, you've seen me a million times. You know I look like this? But not you've seen me a million times. You've seen me a million times with your spiritual sight. You've seen me before. We've all seen God before. Every every single last one of us is talking about, why don't we ever see God? Why does he ever show up? You've seen him. The devil, he has a hold on your mind. There's a The Bible speaks about a veil on our minds and our hearts. And the devil wants to convince you that you don't know what God looks like or that God is not real when you know that God is real. And faith is, you know... I'm going to I'm going to read the definition. Faith faith is the hope of things not seen. Faith is, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith, we all have it. We all have faith. We have faith. Some of us choose not to put our faith in God because, like I said, I think that each and every individual that chooses not to believe in God is because they have some sort of, you know, vendetta or personal issue against God about allowing things, unfair things to happen in this world. But would that be fair to say that for everybody? Because some people feel like, excuse me, it's just not logical or rational to believe in him. And other people just believe in other gods. But I believe that. I believe that it's something that you have against him because we all have seen him and we all know that he's real. He is the God of the universe. He makes himself known to everybody. The Bible says that each and every single last person on this earth, God has presented himself to. So we all know him. We all know what he looks like. We just don't, you know, n- know what he looks like in the natural. It's a disconnect between our spirit selves and our natural selves. And that's when you have to come out of the flesh and connect to your spirit in order to connect with him. And I genuinely feel like, you know, Ultimately, that, you know, 
just like we know everything else, you can kind of sense other things. That's how we know who God is and what he looks like and what is going on there. So God has revealed that to me and showed me that, you know, they knew me the whole time. They knew who I was the whole time. They knew that, you know, I would be the one in the entire family to break generational curses off of our entire family and create generational wealth. They knew that. They knew that I was chosen by God since I was a child. And I knew that, but I wondered if they truly could tell, if they truly knew that. Like I, My brother used to always say, we chosen as a family. I'm the chosen one. We're chosen as a family. We're the chosen family. And it showed. It showed with how outside people gravitated towards our family. It showed with how we reacted and how we acted as a family. It showed with, you know... It showed. It was. It was. It was known, and it was. And it was. You know. It was noticed, but. You know. Still, it seemed like you don't know it for, or you still get some. It's still up in the air how things will turn out or how they'll end up, and, you know, in twenty twenty when everybody showed up, and they were like trying to figure out because Satan he searches your entire family tree. When somebody comes and try to sell their soul to him, he gives access to your entire family, your entire bloodline. And whoever has the greatest destiny in your entire family is who he wants. Otherwise, you can sacrifice them and steal their destiny. So they showed up and they found out it was me with the biggest destiny. I already knew that. God had already shown me that. But also God had shown me that we all have such great big destinies in our family in him each and every single last one of us but yes i do have a you know a a very big one yes a very great one he's always told me that since a child but you know i was always okay with you know just being somebody to god i was always okay with just being somebody to him even when nobody else wanted to acknowledge what they knew what i knew that they knew so when god showed up and, you know, when God showed up and he, you know, excuse me, when he showed up, he, God's always been there and I showed up. When they all showed up and found out it was me, you know, they were all like, I knew it was her. We knew that the whole time. We always knew it. They had always known it, but was was not willing to admit it. So that's when everybody in my family ganged up on me and decided to sacrifice me to, to see who get my destiny instead. And, you know, I remember a few things being debated before I knew what was really going on. I would hear my cousins arguing, saying, you know, it's not even that I want her to have it. I just don't want you to have it. And it was, it got really brutal, but this, you know, it reminds me of that movie, Death in the Family. When money is involved, everybody gets to slit in people's throats. It gets really cutthroat and you really start, you really start to see that blood don't mean a thing when it comes to money. You know, except, except to that one person that if it's, if it even is that one person in your entire family that actually values love and family over money. So usually that is the individual who, you know, probably left the money or has died recently. So 
it's sad. But God said, nah, not this time. You know, he let them reveal who they are right now so that I can get a handle on that and a grip on that. You you know, God's going to give me the power to get a handle and a grip on that. You know, if that's possible, because you can't control people and what they do. Sometimes you really just have to let people go. But, you know, if you are truly destined for success, then it's possible for you to stay around them and, you know, support them and be the one person who has truly excelled, you know, in the entire family and, you know, provide a way out for each and every single last individual. And, you know, I've always wanted, I've always wanted to be that person. I prayed for that for many years. So, you know, I don't feel like I'm special that God gave me that and chose me out of the family. But, you know, I do see that it's for a reason. It's for a reason. I'm the one person who wouldn't have sold out for money under no circumstances. So I was offered deals. I was offered to sell my soul. And, you know, everybody had sold theirs by the time they got to me. And I wouldn't sell my soul. I wouldn't. And that's what I'm facing right now. I'm still, you know, facing so much, you know, danger. My life is still not completely, you know, safe because it's me. But I, it is completely safe. But, I'm, you know, what I mean, it's still being threatened. Like, God loves me so much. He's protecting me from the world. I love him so much for it, you know. And that's what it's truly like to be favored. I don't understand why anybody would want to stay away from God's love. He's amazing. He's wonderful. You know, and what he gives, no man can take away. I love his power, his say, when he has a final say in something, when he chooses somebody, you cannot override his choice. So, you know, it's reminding me of how David was chosen. He was chosen. He was really, he always knew he was, you know, a vessel of God his entire life. But then it was, the confirmation was given to him when he was like 14 or 15 and he was anointed by Samuel. So, you know, an another anointed chosen, you know, prophet of God, priest of God. So all I know is, you know, up until this point, I'll say well I say all this to say this. I want to say this really quick, the vision that I had. The vision that I had, going back to that this morning, it was the cousin that, you know, was in the deliverance, part of the deliverance, who jumped in to try and like fight me off so that she could keep her demon because they thought that that was the side, they thought that they were doing the right thing being on that side. Now, you know, you have to understand God's almighty power. You don't ever, you don't ever touch anything God put his hands on. You should know better. Everybody know better, except Satan, of course. But, you know, still, he knows better. But, you know, all I know is, you know, in this vision, I walked in and it's like she was having a, it was her birthday. She was waking up in the morning, it was her birthday. But I know for a fact it's not really her birthday. But all I know is I was waking up in the morning, it's her birthday. And it was like a really bright, beautiful, sunny day. It was a happy day. And then when I walked in, she was singing, you know, Beyonce, uh, Love on Top. 
And when I walked in, I was like, at first I was about to walk in, like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm I'm just going to go in here, like, all shy and, like, not trying to be too much of a bother to anybody. But I know she was putting on a show for me, though. I know she was, like, being extra for me, being extra to try and kind of, like, you know, make me feel bad about myself. Because, like, the whole objective of this witchcraft they placed on me is to steal my joy and to make me feel like I'm lesser than them because that's how they feel about me, I guess. But just to, like, dull my light so I don't shine so bright. And all I know is, like, I just got in my mind, like, you know, no, I'm not about to, you know, I'm not about to be all shy and not want to participate. I'm about to, you know, be all happy. You know, I'm about to participate. So as I walked by, I just sang the song with her, like, and I just got, you know, so, you know, real turned up and I was singing. I was like, all happy and stuff, like, yay, like, you know, it's a great day. It feels good. I love it. You know, I love that song. And I walked past and all I know is like, you know, I felt it. I felt the, I felt it. I was like, this is why I don't never want to do this. This is why I never want to be my normal, happy, like full, full of life self around these individuals. Cause they always want to kill me. Everything stops and everybody looks at me like I'm just, you know, like, like deaf, deaf stare. Like why? Why? I don't understand why I can't have fun. Everybody else can have fun. Why when I'm happy, everybody else sad. Why? You know, it's because I look so good when I'm truly happy and full of joy and full of life because that's God's anointing on my life. So a lot of times, you know, I just can't be happy or have fun around everybody else. Anytime I'm invited to places, I have to sit all, you know, balled up and I don't have to. I choose to do this. But, you know, I just noticed that nobody, nobody really truly embraces me. Like, not always. Like, I've been embraced before. And that's usually the people I'm like, you know what? I see that in you, too. And they don't have to dull anybody else's light. But it's a lot of times, I cannot even smile about around certain individuals. I grew up like this. So, you know, I can't wait to be free from it, actually. But God is showing me a different way to do it. He's saying that I don't have to you know, leave from around my family and never come back around individuals like this to be free from this. I can be my happy, full of life self right in their faces and he's going to make sure of it because they don't get to do that. They don't get to say, you know, you're not going to do that around me. You're going to have to go do that somewhere else. No, you don't. No, you don't. I'm going to do this right here around you. And that's what God is saying. That's what God is doing. I see it. You know, it's just take it just takes overcoming this, you know, this stage in my life where I'm still considering it and I still care. You know, I still care that it makes other people feel down on themselves and it makes other people start conspiring against me instead of feeling like, oh, oh, well. But it's because I care about what other people are going through, but I should never allow myself to suffer because that's what they're going through. But I just feel like if it's within my jurisdiction to help, then I make it my problem. And maybe that's why, you know, people say it's because you're young. You're making other people's problems your problems when you're supposed to worry about you right now. But, you know, all I know is I was walking. 
I walked past, and as I was walking past, I could feel, like, this individual's energy. Like, they was just so hateful. Like, oh, I should just punch you in your face. Or I should just trip you as you walking by. Or I dare you get close to me singing. Singing, I swear I will smack you. And all kinds of stuff like that. And I just felt like, you know, see, this is why I can't be happy. I'm just singing love on top with you. What what happened? Like, why? Why do I get, why I can't have no joy? Why I can't have no joy? Why I can't look happy like you looking happy? You sitting over here doing way more than I'm even doing. I did a little bit, but I did it, I, I did it in my way. And all of a sudden you feel like that took something away from what you're doing or I did it on purpose or something. Even though I did do it on purpose, I did it on purpose because I want to be happy. But I walk past, all I know is as I walk past, I feel something push me in the spirit. Like push me and I almost, like they try to make me trip and fall on my face on a cement floor to bust my teeth out. And I noticed that that was the intent and I was like, wow, see this is why. <laughs> see this is why I can't be happy. This is why I can't be happy because people want to try and kill me. So then I walked into, you know. The room, and as I walk into the room, I'm still being pushed, and I can still feel them trying to trip me in the spirit, but I don't see nothing or nobody. It's just like I'm being pushed and tripped, and I know my my balance ain't even off like this. I'm clumsy, but I ain't that clumsy. Like, they pushing me around in the spirit, like, because they can't stand to see me happy, and this is what happened throughout my day every single day. If I go downstairs and I'm like beautiful day and I just and I'm just living my life and minding my business then they start threatening me with knives in the kitchen oh you better be careful that knife is gonna you know fall in your foot or gonna stab you in your eye or that you're gonna lose control of that knife or when I'm cooking and it's like I'm frying some chicken or something they like oh you better be careful because that chick like every that, that 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 grease gonna pop in your face and burn your face off you ain't gonna have an eye like all these different threats every single day and I'm just like wow you know I can't even live my life. I can't even live my life. And I'll even see different things like, you know, when I'm happy and I'm full of life and I'm loving and enjoying my life, everybody else around me sad and depressed and feels so drained. But then when I'm drained and I'm depressed and I'm down and I can't enjoy my life, everybody else around me happy and full of life. And I'm just like, why is me or you? Why is it me or all of you? Why? You know, I can't be sucking that much happiness and joy out of everybody's life. And I'm not. It's just a simple fact that my happiness and my joy come from God. And they have built their happiness and joy, you know, off the backs of God's people. And so now when I come in the area, God is like, take it all back. He's like, suck it all up. And it's all being consumed into me. And everybody else's, you know, energy and happiness is being drained from them and this is even confirmed this is even confirmed because i remember i was praying one day and i was like why do i feel so down on myself why do i feel so bad all of a sudden why do i feel so drained and then god showed me a vision of like when i pray i just start praying like god you know what's going on like god protect me god help me you know you know just protect me because i feel it all i know is you know I just saw in the spirit, like, a whole, like, it was like, it was, this is when they were still trying to get me to believe that, you know, whatever they was doing wasn't satanic. 
you know, and then I would see like a shift of energy. You see these pictures where they like the chakras and stuff and they got the little waves and it's like you pulling energy in your direction. This is how they, this is how Satan has convinced people to worship him by believing that you can pull and manifest different energy. No, you get that from God. And if you do it without God, then you, you worship in Satan. And so this is how you got so many people bowing down to him. But all I know is, you know, I just started praying and it was like, they showed me a vision of this wave of energy being shifted in my direction. I'm like, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. Like, yes, it's how it works. There is power and there is, you know, there's spiritual power in the, in the, uh, in the spiritual realm. But ultimately, I did not shift any energy in my direction. I prayed. I prayed. And the reason why it looked like all this power was shifted in my direction is because y'all not praying. And God's, God is almighty power. That's the only thing that happened. That's all that happened. So Satan, I noticed that Satan got a hold on their minds, got them believing that these chakras and this manifestation of energy stuff is real. And that's why they really can't really, you know, hold on to no real energy. And why it felt like I snatched it away so quick because it's not real. That's fake energy. That's stolen fake energy. And Satan's doing that. Dragging your souls down the hill so quick. He giving you all little crumbs off of your own plate. And, you know, they, they believe this though. They really believe this. So I know that this is why God sent me here. Because my specific assignment was revise the people. And this is why he sent me here. To revise the people. To show them, like, what Satan is doing and what's going on. Like, you can even hear and you can even see like how things are going. Like when I'm out and about in my day, that's not all I saw. When I'm out and about in my day and I am just being my normal, natural self, happy and in God's presence and full of life. When I am doing that, I notice that, you know, people, people get so angry. I'm walking down the street and people just start yelling out at me. And cars start trying to hit me. And, you know, it's all these different things fighting me. Like, you don't get to enjoy your life. You don't get to enjoy, be that happy here. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? You don't own this place. I'm like, all I am doing is what I've always done my entire life. Living my life. What did I do to you? What am I doing? I walked outside today and I said, God is good. Look at the what a, look at the wonderful day you've given us, Lord. And I'm walking out and I'm just not even worried about a thing. Just and just, you know, being who God made me to be. And all I know is everybody just starts getting so upset and attacking me. I start looking around. Everybody's just like, kill, kill, kill. And I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm literally not doing a thing. But you notice, like, you know, that's that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm being God's child. And that must mean that, you know, it's a lot of satanic energy here. It's a lot of satanic energy here. And so I noticed, like, you know, this whole time, they are trying to steal my power. Like, they're, start, they're trying to steal the power that God has put, poured into me. They tried to steal the power that God has given me, my God-given power. And I noticed, like, this is what's so weird. When I'm walking outside in the day in my, and just enjoying my day and just being my normal, natural self, 
immediately everybody just starts trying to tear me down and they just start trying to make me feel bad about myself. You're not this, you're not that, everything negative, you know, and I am, you know, just like, what, what's going on? Like, why is everybody so mad at me? And the thing is because... And I said this, so the second I stepped foot here in Houston, the second I moved here and I set, set foot here in Houston, each and every single last head was turned towards me and it was hatred and anger on their face. In the entire airport. And I'm like, who am I? Like, who am I? Different weird stuff used to happen. Like, it's like everybody know who I am. And I don't know what this is. And, you know... Even when I was praying one day, somebody showed up and was like, it's her. And I'm just like, you know, that's what this about. That's what this about. See, they are using satanic, This they are worshiping Satan. They've all bowed down to Satan. And I said this like the whole time, it's not about nothing else but God. They all bow down to Satan. And either they truly believe this lie. No, God said we all know everything. We know this stuff. We don't all know everything, but this usually the stuff that you feel like is being revealed to you is not being revealed. You've known it the whole time. Like this is Satan's energy. This is Satan's playground right here. And you know it's sad because you know God has sent me here to as a, be used as a vessel to release all of these people from this satanic power. And I noticed that it's necessary. I can't even live my life without that, you know, happening first. Because I'm out here in this world and I see what they do. I see how they do things. Like even not too long ago. Like cause this stuff I'm talking about, it's been happening over the past few years. But not too long ago, I was walking outside to the store and I heard them setting stuff up. Every single thing that they do, they do it to try and tear down or try and drain me of confidence that God has placed in me. So when I'm outside, they just do every little thing that they can to bother me. Like, what is it that, you know, triggers her? What is it that bothers her? What is it that, you know, what is it that affects her? So when I was outside this day, I was walking to the store. And all I know is, you know, I heard them saying in the spirit, you know, because I crashed my car uh, last year. No, the year before last. And, you know... I'm saying I crashed my car as if I didn't already talk about this a million times. They crashed my car while I was in it, you know, using witchcraft. But, you know, all I know is I'm walking outside and I hear them saying, like, you know, hurry up and uh, just wait for her to go to the store so that you can pull around and you can pull past her while she's walking. Because we know that's going to hurt her feelings because you are a sister and you got a car, and you know, never taking nowhere and such, such, such. And honestly, I don't care, but I know that they use any opportunity to try and get a reaction out of me, period, anyways. And I've heard pastors talk about how this, how witches work. Ultimately, you just got to not let them steal your joy and you got to make sure you build up the spirit of God and fight for that each and every single day. But, you know, in this particular circumstance, I think that I've just been spending time kind of re recuperating and building up my power in God and fighting for it. But I do, I do am starting, I am starting to notice like something that is really repetitive that people keep telling me. It's like, you just got to be happy. You just got to go live your life. Like, let God handle that and don't worry about it. But it's like, 
you know, if you really knew I was going through, like, all these people, all these random strangers, every single place I go, just, you know, attacking me everywhere I go, it's really, you know, I ain't gonna say it's impossible, but it's just, you know, it's a lot for anybody. But... This is why I be building up my spirit in God, and I don't want to really be around people because they can use everybody. You know, if I hit, as soon as I hit, as soon as I get here, I hit the airport here. Every single person in the in the entire airport knows who I am, and all stare at me at once and just like angry. You know, that right there tells me that each and every single last one of these people is under my control. Each and every single last one of them, they all can be controlled and used, and. That's who I'm fa- that's who I'm here to fight. That's who I'm here to face. God has put a prophecy on my life that it's a demon witch here that's controlling all of these people. And I'm sent here to kill this demon witch and release these people from her wicked rule. And they don't even know that they've been controlled. A lot of times, like right now, when I'm talking about this, you start hearing like them get really loud and get really angry and stuff. If I start, you know, talking about something else or something like it's honestly it's really nothing I can do I had a I really had a fight to get to this point where I can even do anything I want to do you know but without them fighting me anyways like just fighting me all the time but now you know as I said it's like walking on eggshells but you know it doesn't matter because you know ultimately like I said what God says happens at the end of this prophecy you know I win I win and this which controls everybody like i'll be walking down the street walking places going places and all i know is cars are just honking at me trying to hit me driving real fast and crazy real screaming hateful stuff outside their window at me doing all kinds of weird stuff trying to bring bodily harm to me and god you know God has always protected me. I remember a few times I'm walking through the streets and like God will stop cars. He will stop the stop the car and the people the person looked like they just got snapped out of something like what? Wait, what just happened? Why did I stop? What's going on? But then they'll snap back into just like going on in their daily life. It's weird. It's really like, you know, matrix, mind control stuff. But you know, they don't ever notice it. They can never tell. So I'm fighting all of them at once. But it's okay because I got the power of God. I'm not doing this alone. And I'm not doing this by my own power. It's by God's power. So, you know, his say is final. And nobody can change what he does, which is what he says and what he chooses for. What God ultimately decides, nobody can change. Nobody can, you know... Nobody can break, you know, nobody can change it. But I just noticed, I just noticed, like, you know, they don't ever know that they're being used. They don't ever know. And I noticed, like, each and every single last individual, they got their own lives, they got their own situations, but they all being used the same. And I'm like, you know, it ain't no point in talking to them because at that point, like, when you know that it's one it's one head controlling all the robots, what's the point of coming having a, 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 a um separate conversation or individual conversation with any of those robots? They all going to say the same thing, report to master. So I don't have no time. 
I have to fight the individual that is it that it is, and I have to direct that at the same. You know, I have to direct that at that individual all the time. Anytime it's anybody that's doing it, and that's you know, you know, anybody, everybody participating, saying, and doing all these different things, I always have to you know ignore each and every single last one of them so it's mastering being able to focus on you know what's most important despite how many distractions there are I have to ignore each and every single last person and focus on who it really is because fighting them excuse me is wasting my time and fighting an unnecessary battle but God has given me the power that is like you know he's not even gonna let me waste my time on him He's not even going to let me waste my time on fighting them because they, at this point, is just innocent victims, you know? It's automatically directed at, you know, whoever it is because this individual is behind all of it. But obviously, my power is so great that God is, the power that God has placed in me is so great that this individual can't even hide. They can't even hide behind these people. They will have all these people in front of them taking the blows for them but ultimately they come out from up under them under them it's like fighting yourself because they just get so mad that it's not working you know but you know god has a wonderful wonderful way of doing things he is he's truly stubborn he has a wonderful way of you know showing his power to his people and I believe by the end of this everybody's going to be on their knees like thank you Jesus just like when Elijah caught a fire down from heaven this is going to be one of those situations you know they they feel they know they're controlled they know to a certain extent that they are controlled but at the same time I just wonder if they do because they still always are controlled and at the same time I understand it you know um Satan has had a hold on my life. So also part of this fight is not just, you know, taking the hold that this this witch has off of everybody else, but finding out and identifying the different things in my life and uh, the different, like, sin in my life that has a hold on me as well and gaining control of that. That would be the only way that I can remove control from all of them. So God has a wonderful way of bringing everything around you know, all for his good, all for his purpose. I may, I prayed to him many days and many nights to become a woman of God, somebody who he, you know, somebody who God can be proud of, 100% obedient to his word at all times. And it's just, and I love it. Like, that's just who I want to be forever. And in order for that to happen, God, you know, ultimately had to, he has to do it this way. He's like, in order for this to happen, you going. This is how this gonna happen. He said, don't worry about the how, and this is the how. This is the how. What's going to happen is, you know, I'm going to gain control of my own sin, gain control of my own, you know, faults, and master them, and become perfect in the flesh as I am in the spirit. And be 100% obedient to God, dwell in his presence at all times, knowing that everything that I'm doing is approved by him because he's right above me at all times. Like I have direct access to him. I know what that looks like. I see, I've seen what it feels like. And 
you know, you don't ever have to question whether what you're doing is the right thing because you have God approving your decisions at all times. And no, it's not control. It is, you know, guidance. And it's it's wonderful. But all I know is, you know, everything all works together for God's purpose. All of it. It all works together for God's purpose. And I'm seeing that now. I'm seeing that here. What's going on? You know, oh, something that's been on my heart is that, you know, um, they, they think money plays a part in this. They really believe money, money matters when it comes to God and heaven, who nothing you ever have in your position will ever exist without him. And they think money plays a part. And, you know... I don't have none. So God has really proven a point. He's really proven a point and really showing his power. You know, that it don't matter if you had all the money in the world, you still don't have no power. And the power that you think you got is not real power. It's not real power. So, you know, I'm seeing that, you know. I remember, and this has been on my heart for a while pulling into my apartments when I was first moved here and I heard somebody say this is her but look where she's pulling up to like she don't have no money like she's staying this is where she live at like she's poor and I was thinking like what is it what is it that you even talking about that you feel like I have to have money to do it but it's me and I just realized like you know some people think money rule the world and they just don't understand how powerful God truly is, you know, despite how Satan convinces you, whatever you, you know, have is the real power. It's nothing. It does not hold a candles to God, you know, and I love, you know, how God even said this to me. I said, God, I want a million dollars. And God said, what do you want money for? And I said, I want a million dollars so that I can help people, so that I can, you know, make a difference in this world, so I can change the world. And God said, you don't need money to do that. I'm going to show you. And now look, God, when he proves his point, he really proves his point. And that's the real humor. That's real God's humor. That like when he shows up, he shows out. And he makes it so obvious, so obvious you cannot ignore it. Like, if you ever wanted to question or looking for a sign, you don't need it. It's right there, right in your face at all times. And what? how much more obvious does God have to make it that this, that, um, that Satan does exist and that he is controlling people than to, of course, have somebody pop up in my mind talking? I remember as a kid always saying, God, does this stuff really exist? Can people really read minds? And then somebody pops up in my mind, reading my mind and talking to me. Like, that's hilarious. I couldn't do nothing but laugh for the first few months. Like, I can't believe this is, like, this is real. Like, you was not playing God. And I'm laughing because I'm like, you always told me this. Like, this is like, and I'm just dying laughing. That's the real humor. The real humor is God always tells us. And we we a lot of times doubt this stuff that he says. And we choose not to believe him. And, you know, he just, (laughs) 
he like sometimes he shows up and it's like oh like that true like yeah that is for real I said that and it's like you said this and it's like I don't know I just laughed for the longest for the longest of time about wow this stuff everything God said everything Everything he ever said, everything he ever told me about this power and Satan, you know, the lies Satan tell people and the stuff that they do and how they hide behind lies and how none of it is true. And how he is almighty power and it's all turning out to be so true. Okay. So something very odd happened. And it's funny, but it's like, I don't know. I found myself laughing, but I got to be careful because, like I said, a lot of times Satan is controlling laughter, the narrative. With that, like, a lot of times stuff is not even funny, but Satan is like, you know, got some sort of control over our minds. He make us laugh at stuff that's not funny. It's a distraction from what he really doing, which is like usually distracting us from God and dragging our souls down the hill. He just got us laughing, smiling, dancing. All our way on our way to hell, all of us just having a party on our way to hell. That's what it feel like. And I talked about this in a previous episode, like you know, um, <clears throat> all I know is I saw we was in this demonic forest, and I saw my brother. He was chasing after a demon, and he was laughing, he was giggling, he was smiling, he was having the best time of his life. But he was chasing a big black demon. And, or he was being chased by a big black demon. He was laughing, having, no, he was scared. He was scared. But my cousin was running behind him and she was chasing a demon and she was laughing and smiling and having the time of her life. And I I was, I remember looking at it because I had just ran from a demon and hit and I was hiding inside of like a ditch and like the dirt in the forest where. You know, it was weird because the demons had like some sort of weird mind control over us where we thought that we was in different places and different settings, like maybe parties or places we've been before in our life or just stuff we like to do, seeing we like to participate in. And that's what a demon would think, have us thinking that we was at. In reality, we in a demonic forest being chased and chasing demons around, thinking we chasing our own desires. We really just chasing seeing. <clears throat> And all I know was, you know, as I was in this ditch, you know, all I was, all I know is as I was in this ditch, the demons would like have some sort of weird mind control over me where they would be calling me out of the ditch. They would be calling me out of the ditch and mind controlling me where I think like I'm just hypnotized. I don't even know what I'm doing, but luckily because I was stuck in this ditch a weird way, you know, like. Like those little things you put on your finger, both two fingers, and you pull. If you pull, they uh, your fingers feel like they stuck. But if you push, you can pull them out. That's why. That's how I was kind of stuck in this ditch. Like, and it was it was good. It was a good place to hide. And I believe the apostle Paul hid me there. And all I know is, you know, I hid in this ditch and I couldn't get out on my own. So it was I was there for like three days, no food, no water. But I was I was cool because. You know, it was it was a way to put the dis some distance between the, the demons that's usually chasing me, and 
all I know is they was doing everything in their power for them three days to find me. Everything in their power to, like, entice me and find me and call me out of the ditch. But because I was stuck, I couldn't get out if I wanted to. So they couldn't hypnotize me into, you know, finding them and running to them. So finally, when I get out this ditch, I see my brother and my cousin run past me, you know, being chased by demons and running after demons. And I say, why stay chasing demons? Don't they know that they demons? And then God showed me what it looked like to them. <clears throat> and what it looked like to my brother was like he was running like he had he was having a dream or something like he was my he might have been running from somebody like he told me about his dreams before he was running from the police or running from like um, gangs, whatever people were trying to kill him, whatever. And that's what he looked like he was doing. But my cousin, like I got a, a glimpse into her vision and she looked like she was like having fun with her friends, like back home or something, like just doing the regular everyday activities. Like she was just having fun with her friends. And I realized like this, the dreams we be having. So like demons be chasing us in our dreams and we be chasing up the demons in our dreams, but we really be doing it all day, every day in our everyday lives. We just have dreams about it at night. And that's God's way of, like, showing us what's going on in our lives. We just got to ask him to, like, help us figure this stuff out. But all I know is the reason why I brought this up is because I realized, like, I can be hypnotized by demons in my dreams and stuff. And now I forgot where I was going with it. But anyways... So I wake up and I'm like still half sleep, thinking about going right back to sleep. And I noticed that like, you know, the people who watching me, they actually getting kind of used to my schedule of like sleeping all the time. And, you know, it's a bad thing because, you know, they, ex- you know, they expect me to be lazy and slack off and not be a threat to them anymore. But, but it's also a good thing because then they start underestimating me. And they start to forget what I'm really capable of. So, you know, that's always going to be there. I trust God. That's always going to be there. So, you know, one of these days when they like thinking like it's sweet or something, boom, I pop right up on them. Like, you you must have forgot. You must have forgot. I ain't forget. I did not forget. So, you know, I am sleeping right now a lot. And it's not on purpose just to do that. But it's that's just a benefit of it. You know, they under they start underestimating you. But, you know, I'm sleeping because I'm exhausted. I'm sleeping because I'm tired of fighting the world. Like, you know, it's way too many people who don't want to see me get where God want me to get. And obviously, it's not a good thing for me to allow that to hold me back. But, like, I just noticed, like, I can't keep complaining about not having it, you know, feeling so exhausted and feeling like giving in. I'd rather take a rest. And rest for a little while and give up completely because that's where I'm headed if I don't like if I don't find some type of peace of mind. So I'm resting right now and that's fine if they start underestimating me because of it or if a little few things get away from me. You know, that's better than everything getting away from me when I give up one day. But all I know is, you know, I was if I give up one day. So not when. But all I know is I was laying in the bed resting you know of course being you know pestered about waking up and getting up and doing what I'm supposed to do I'm pestered every day and I get it like 
it's always a blessing to have somebody who want to see you do something with your life and do something with yourself. If you don't have people like that around you, then, you know, don't nobody care about you. I understand that, but don't nobody care about me anyways. So it's like they just pestering me. You know, I, I wouldn't call it real support because when I actually do get up and start doing something, then they the main ones in a way. So it's like, what you pestering me for? I don't understand it. It's like, it's almost like you get something out of it. It's, it's like you try to make yourself feel better about yourself because whenever I'm up and I'm doing well, you don't do nothing but everything in your power to try and kick me when I kick me back down. So you don't really want to see me doing well. You just try to make yourself feel better. Like you actually care or actually want to see me doing something in my life when you really don't. Because I remember when I was bowing down to God and worshiping God for days. Each and every single last person who claimed they cared for me, nobody cared. Everybody was in my way. Everybody was making sure that I never got to the to my goals. And if you really care so much that you can pester me every day to get up, then why didn't you get out the way? Why didn't you help me when it was time for when it was time for me to win? You don't you can't stand to see me win, but you always sitting up here acting like you can't stand to see me lose. I don't get it. Which one is it? So, you know, I don't really care what these people think for real. People really get on my nerves with that. It's like make up your mind. But all I know is I'm laying in bed asleep and I'm being pestered all day. And I'm just like, I already know what it is, so you know, I'm doing what I'm I'm doing what I feel I need to do. You know? Until I make, until I decided to do something different. And all I know is, excuse me. All I know is, you know, in the midst of me waking up, I'm just worshiping, worshiping God. Like in my sleep, I fall asleep worshiping God and re- listening to the Bible. With my mind focused on God and I wake up doing the same thing. I'm kind of like training myself to do that. And all I know is I wake up worshiping God and keep my mind focused on God. But in a, in the midst of it, you know, I see an opportunity to set up whoever it is that been pestering me and really like picking on me this whole time I've been asleep. All they do is crack jokes. All they do is talk stuff. All they do is try to down me and make me feel better with myself. So they was doing the same thing they always do, pestering me, pick, picking, picking fights, making cracking jokes and you know trying to make me feel better about myself and I was like you know all I know is it, it's not even funny it's really childish but it was just an opportunity for me the benefit of it was I got left alone but you know God has already told me not to deal with stuff like this but I wasn't wrong this time because I only did it because I was trying to worship God and mind my business and they wasn't letting me so God let it go. All I know is, you know, I'm worshiping God and this person pestering me, picking on me, talking about me, all this other stuff. Like really just just I don't know. Like I don't know what the feeling is. All I know is every time it happened, it's like almost like tears come to my eyes. It's almost like tears come to my eyes. And all I know is, you know, the only time I ever had tears come to my eyes like that in real life is when somebody hit me and I can't hit them back. You know, sometimes tears come to my eyes like this when somebody say something that is like, you know, downing me or something and everybody laugh. But this this is different because it's a quick little thing and it's not a whole thing that I just heard. It's more like a feeling. And it's like I know that's, that means somebody putting their hands on me. 
somebody is somebody's putting their hands on me. And you might say, what you mean somebody putting your hands on you? Why wouldn't you know if somebody's putting their hands on you? It's because, you know, this is in the spiritual realm. And as I said, you know, I have demons blocking my sight and my hearing. So I'm kind of like, I kind of like don't know what's going on for real. They doing everything in their power to confuse me out of what's going on. I don't really know what's going on. I'm just doing the best I can to like figure it out. And so all I know is like I felt an opportunity. Like, you know, you kind of open right now picking on me because you think I'm about to go back to sleep. Or you just got your guard down, period. Because you, you already know even in the middle of my sleep, I would do something like this. Any opportunity. And when I, I really wouldn't. Usually I don't take these type of opportunities to do stuff like this because God told me not to. It's not the way to go. It's not the way to do things. And he don't, you don't get no points with him doing that, you know. Doing stuff like this means you need revenge and you need to let him handle it. But, you know, like I said, I was trying to worship God and they wouldn't leave me alone. So that kind of leave me with no choice. I got to get them on my way. So all I know is, you know... I was just like thinking about something. It's always random stuff. But I was just thinking about like like don't you know weird weird stuff about yourself where like you like maybe if you like picking with your chewing on your fingernails or you know if you like squeezy squishy balls or stress balls or if you like silly putty and stuff like that. For me it's like sometimes I get this weird feeling where I just like soft stuff around my face. I just like rubbing soft stuff on my cheek and stuff like that. So I just remember just like, I was just like, just getting a feeling of like soft stuff, really soft stuff around my face. And I just cracked a joke about it. And I don't know if I was cracking a joke, really. More like setting somebody up to make themselves look stupid. I don't know. I don't know really what it, really what it was. But all I know was it was opportunity because they left themselves open. And... That's how you know I already know what I'm doing. Because I still don't already know really really what I did. All I know is as soon as I did it, I heard everybody start dying laughing. Everybody start cracking up. And I realized the person who was picking on me and pestering me this whole time, just bullying on me, looked dumb finally. And so I had an opportunity to like just hold that over their head. Like, or right, if you don't get out of my face, I'm going to keep bringing it up whatever it is and finally they backed up off me for a minute so I was like all right this feel good you know it feel good today like it feel like I got a little space I can breathe you know I can I can actually I can just be myself I don't have to fight all day for my mind I don't gotta fight all day and stay close to God so much because of all this demonic energy around me I don't have to continuously fight you know this individual because they won't leave me alone and they bullying on me all the time and so I got a little space and I was feeling better I was feeling good but you know in the midst of it I, I kind of heard a little bit of like uh just the conversation like I saw all I know is I saw you know little Dirk with two of his friends in the middle of the ball. And I, and he was dying laughing. He just started dying laughing. And his friends was dying laughing. His friends was laughing so hard too. 
And I realized, like, that joke got to them, too. So, I don't know. I think, you know, because I feel like I saw NBA Youngboy's face, and his face was just, like, salty. So, I think it was him. But, um, it don't matter because, you know, like I said, it feel good to get some space. It feel good to get some space. And, you know, like I said, I said what was going on in this situation where I feel like, you know, he fell in love with me or something or claimed to but don't really know how to act for real where in front of everybody he put on a show but behind all of that like he's in love with me and won't let me go won't choose what he really won't he won't choose between me and peace and happiness with god or satan and all this money fame fortune and money yaya so he won't choose and so he's kind of like interrupting interrupting my life because he kind of I guess our lives flash before our eyes and we feel like we know each other for our whole lives and stuff I felt that too it mean it really felt like we was born for each other but that don't mean nothing if you know you over there and I'm over here because somebody got to come on either one of the sides. And what makes you think I'm about to leave God? I can't leave God. If I leave God, ain't nobody going to be happy. And it's not no point. It's really not no point. You know, that's sad to me, you know. And I don't think that God will ever send me on this assignment for that to happen. He's not going to let me go anyway. So that's just not a choice. That's not an option for me. So he's going to have to come this way. And he, you know, feel like he's trying. But... You know, I don't know. Cause some days I feel like I feel like you can throw everything away, and some days I feel like I can throw everything away. I feel like we both came a long way and been working real hard, but you know, for me, I'm just like, you know, he bullied me every day. He bullied me every day. I gotta deal with him. He's so evil. He is so evil. He's evil. He pick on me every day, and if I ever mention anything about what he be really acting like when it's just being him personally, like, you know, fighting for God and all the other stuff. He really tortures me in front of the entire industry. They all laugh at me. They all bully on me. They all pick on me. And they all, he he even let people put their hands on me. He let people come and just hit me. Sometimes he be abusing me. He be hitting me too. And I got to deal with all of this stuff. And this is because God chose me for this assignment. And don't nobody ever believe me. Don't nobody ever believe me. They always think I'm making this kind of stuff up. But if you really think about it, even when I first, even when this first, this stuff first started happening to me, even I picked up on it like, yeah, this actually makes sense. All this makes sense. How he act, what he doing, makes sense. How she act, what she doing, makes sense. All of it really makes sense for real. And even who I am and him falling in love with me makes sense. All of that makes sense. Even though I don't even believe he get, he know how to fall in love. I don't believe it's real. I don't believe he loved me because I believe that he just wanna say another one of Satan's means that's used to drag innocent souls down the hill. So pretty much, you know, when it come down to it, he just like I notice his dynamic is every 
he get he 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 go and he find a lot of innocent girls. Like he like a he like a heartthrob. You know, you see this you see this many times. You see Chris Brown, you see Omarion, you know, all over over the years all these different groups of guys that that women just gravitate towards and just fall all over Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass, or in every generation it's one of them. And they sold they sold to the devil for their deals. And or every woman who fall all over them and it's like, oh my God, it's such and such and they ready to sell their souls just for a kiss or just for them to touch them, just to get a front row con front row seat at a concert, sometimes just to have one night with these men. This is what they are sent for by Satan to do. This is part of their contract. Part of their contract is all these women are gonna be falling over you. They selling their money for they selling their soul for money, fame, and attention. Okay, and that come with a price. All of it. The money ain't never gonna really be yours. You always gonna be, you know, doing something to maintain and keep this money. The fame is gonna come with a price. People always want fame, claim they love attention till they get fame, and it's real torture. Wish they would have stayed normal. And the the female attention, well, it's a double. It's a it's two sides of that. Sometimes these men don't even be into the women. They actually be having to be gay for these industry for this industry. And on the other hand, you know, as far as the women go, you know, they be dragging these women's souls down the hill. They got these women selling their souls for them. And the women say, some girls say, just because I spend my money on a concert ticket or I, I, you know, I got pictures of him and I really like him or I would, you know, I would spend a night with him and, you know, have sex with him or whatever. Do not mean, you know, I am selling my soul for him. And I heard this, this, I heard this story and it's, her name is Erica Mukisa. And she said that she met this this guy after her mother was a her grandmother was a high priestess and say a, a satanic high priestess. She taught her everything she knew. She controlled snakes and everything. She said she made her into this star when she was like she got into it when she was like twelve and then she didn't get out out of it. Or she got into it when she was like six or seven and she didn't get out of it until she was like twenty something years old. She was in it for eighteen years. She saw everything. She met death. She met Satan. She married Satan. And when you marry Satan, he marries every single girl that comes in the kingdom. And pretty much you are offering him up souls. You got to go get a certain amount of souls that he sends you out to get. You got to go kill people. You got to cause accidents. Um, Go to the hospital and you take souls with you when you leave. Babies being born. They die, miscarried, and all this other stuff. They are responsible for this stuff. And... And also, you you open a portal. You open a portal in your whole entire body when you sell your soul to Satan. The night you marry him, you open a portal up. And that portal is to bring other souls through you to drag down to hell. And for demonic spirits to come through your body into this realm, it's a portal. So, a portal to hell. So, she talked about how she met this, this guy when she was young who was like a very big artist where she was from which I believe is Africa but it may have been Nigeria or something like that and this artist you know immediately you know he noticed her and he was like you know 
get in and when he when she got in a car she knew his brother and all this other stuff and she talked about how he introduced her to the satanic kingdom and how he would drag girls souls on the hill and how she was like a you know recruiter she would go find different girls at schools befriend them find out they're virgins take them to the concert because they like so in love with this artist and then this artist would have sex with them and next thing you know years later these girls lives are ruined because they they sold they sold that night when they had sex with this man their lives are ruined years later they're crazy in crazy houses or they are stagnant they've never become nothing can never become nothing because they sold their destiny when they had sex with these men who sold they sold to the devil and they know exactly what they're doing it's not just sex they are taking your soul down to hell you're going to hell so she talked about all the girls she lured into this stuff and all the stuff that's happening and i'm not stupid <laughs> i'm not stupid you know i pray so i know when it's a big bad you know i know when it's bad demonic energy around me i pray and i pray and i pray and i pray and I focus on God, but God is bringing me to a new level because obviously he got an industry type level of satanic demonic ener energy around me, attacking me and pursuing me. It's Illuminati level and they really trying to take my soul. And like I said, in 2020, they tried to get me to sell my soul. They tried to kill my sister. They have my brother. They have my family. They tried to take my unborn niece and my sister's stomach and said that it was a bonus that comes with my sister's soul. And they said, and they were about to kill her anyways. You know, God gave me opportunity to save her and her child because he said that's an innocent child. And don't nobody ever be trying to believe me, but I'm telling you, you know, you have to pray. You have to pray because you might be on one of these trains and it's like you didn't even get an opportunity to meet a celebrity. If you feel like that would even be worth your soul going to hell. Like, oh, I'd be crazy for the rest of my life if I get to be with such and such, which are dumb. Or if you say, oh, I, I never amount to anything. I don't care if I never amount to anything. If I get to be with such and such for one night, you're dumb because it's not worth it. They're not worth it. These 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 people are regular people. They just sold their soul to the devil. They are not worth it all the attention that they get everything that come with them is a part of a spell all of it is satanic power and it's all fake and what would it be like you think you being with a celebrity who's somebody and you really just having sex with a human who's possessed by a demon they have demons attached to them they never get to keep this power on their own satan always send them with a demon to watch them with that power they don't get to keep that satan do not trust us when people call Satan the enemy, they don't mean the enemy of God. They mean the enemy of man. God does not have no enemies. He is, Satan is not the enemy of God. He can never hold a torch to God. He is the enemy of man. He's the enemy of you. He don't do nothing for you. He don't want to do nothing for you. And all these demons, you know, we be thinking and feeling like we were friending them. And the funny part about it is they are not our friends. They are not our friends. And some people are so foolish they think that the money and all this other stuff is worth it you know because they say you know well if i can't be that with god then i don't care if i go to hell i probably was gonna go to hell anyways and if you talk to some of these artists the funny thing is they say is you know i might sell my soul to hell my soul i might sell my soul to the devil and i'm going to hell but a lot of these everyday people 
don't even realize they going to hell anyways. And they just didn't get the money and the fame and everything else to go with it. And that's their excuse. And the fact of the matter is, I realize this. That's true. Because when God pulled me out of this situation, he showed me that I was already going to hell. I was going to hell the way I was living. You know, and I didn't meet no celebrities in my lifetime. Not that I couldn't have. I just didn't have no intention to, you know. I just wasn't purposely seeking out celebrities like some women do. Or I wasn't, you know, I don't know. I never was enticing to that kind of stuff. But, you know, I would pray every now and again, but never as much as I need to. I wouldn't go to church every Sunday and I didn't have enough, you know, of the Holy Spirit in me to keep me away from everyday sin, you know, and habitual sin like smoking and drinking and partying and fornication. All that stuff that my father in heaven said I was going to hell, but he gave me opportunity to get out. He gave me an opportunity to get out. When they came for me, they tried to get me to sell my soul to the devil because they knew my destiny was never to ever end up in hell. They know it just like God already knew it. But in that moment, I was in hell and was going to hell. But they just knew in my future, I was going to be fighting my way out. They knew in my future who I was going to be and become. But they was they tried to come and get me before I knew who I was. That's how dangerous it is. You think you're not worth nothing. You think that a celebrity is the best thing that's ever going to happen to you. You have no idea what the destiny is, what destiny you have on your life. You have no idea what God has for you and, what's, and what you know you could be having in your life. And you don't understand that these celebrities are stealing that from you. They're stealing that from you when you worship them like they are actually more than a human being, just like you put their pants on one leg at a time. And they're no better than you. They're not to be worshipped. Only God is to be worshipped. And you put them on a pedestal when you believe that money means anything. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the world but to, but to lose his soul? That money means nothing. These celebrities are nothing. Essentially, they don't even get to experience or, you know, even get to, you know, really appreciate or get the benefits of the things they sell their soul for. They sell their soul for money, fame, and attention, and the real them is Wherever they left them, when they sold, they sold. In hell. The real them don't never walk away with it. As soon as you sign your name on that dotted line, he put a demon in you and you gone forever. You never get to experience nothing he gave you. A demon walks around in your body pretending to be you and you are just gone. I seen NBA Youngboy. God showed me him in 2020. I kept bringing him up to God and God was like, you want to see him? You want to see what he look like in his spirit? And he showed me him and he was standing there stuck still in a line like a robot. And he was he didn't have no facial emotions or nothing. His eyes was all white. He had no pupils. He was a robot. He was a machine. That's what he looked like in the spirit realm. That's what they, that's what Satan turned him into. That's a demon in his body. That's not him. These celebrities are not themselves. They somewhere, it's no telling what he did with certain people. He told me that, Satan told me himself what he did with Meek Mill. He said that he had him locked up in a cage and then he brought him out only to make songs because of his his artistic, you know, you know, his unique artistic talent. He brought him out only to make songs until one day he murdered him right after that Save Me song. And that Save Me song was not just lyrics. Those was for real. He really was asking us to save him, expecting us to help him. 
But he really was saying, like, it's my fault because I should never sold myself to the devil. And the devil sat up there and laughed and said how he propped his body up after he killed him through through sticks, poles in his body and then possessed the demon into it. And that's just his body is just sticks, you know, and a demon walking around in a big in a meat body. He treat him like he's really like meat. He treat us like we're meat. He do not see us as human beings. He do not care about us. He don't see us as souls, as people. He don't love us like God. For him to say that he will prop somebody, some, somebody's body up after chopping it into pieces, prop it up on sticks and then put a demon in it to possess the body and walk around in it like it's him and not even care about his family, his children, his life, his personal, his character, all these different things to not even care about that. That shows how, say, how, how, you know, messed up Satan really is. And you think these celebrities is better than you? You think they worth this? So imagine going to bed with that. Imagine going to bed with a propped up demon. And the whoever celebrity body you thought you it was it was in. Imagine going to bed like that or with that. Now ever since I didn't learn its levels to it, they is in the spirit realm somewhere as long as they still alive. And maybe they have an opportunity to be saved. But if they sold they sold to the devil, it's almost no opportunity, you know, for them to be saved unless, of course, actually, I want to speak for the opportunity they had to be saved. That's all up to them. They can give their life to God and they could turn turn everything around. Like I said, God is a forgiving, merciful, gracious God. But, you know, they would have to work very hard. I see that LeBron James, he, you know, he introduced me to God. He he brought me into God's presence, and I know that that was I know that that is God, because He has delivered my sister of demons, and He is cleansing my entire, you know, bloodline of generational curses, and He He is healing my body of different things. He's identifying different demons in my body that you know, are, are reflective of different things I participate in over the, participated in over the years, like porn and, you know, lying and stealing and just stuff like that. But all I know is, you know, when God revealed this stuff to me I said to myself is this really God could this really be God I really didn't know for real but I knew that God sent me here on assignment I knew that my whole life God has been telling me I'm a demon hunter God has been telling me that my whole life and when I got here they said to me you are a demon hunter before I ever told anybody that how do you know what I'm at, what I am in the spiritual realm unless you're in it and they said they are witches and so you know I realized that, you know, they know who I am because they work for Satan. And that makes it so that makes it so much more real that, you know, God been telling me this my whole life. And now you saying it, that just proves that God is real. That proves that I'm anointed. That proves that God is with me. He did send me here on assignment. Everything does happen for a reason. And I don't have nothing to worry about. Despite what I may face or go through, you know, at the hands of you, if I sell my soul to you, that's worse off than I ever be. 
whatever you put me through. And I've been going through a lot. I've been had to deal with all the stuff they say that happens in the Illuminati. Your, you know, incest and your family being raped and homosexuality and lesbianism and, you know, all this other weird, disgusting prostitution, having sex with demons, all kinds of stuff. This stuff happens in the spirit. And I've been dealing with all of this stuff ever since this stuff started. But I have not given my soul to Satan. I have not bowed to Satan. And they just, they hate me so much. They hate me so bad because they cannot give me to bow to Satan. But more than anything, at this point, they are afraid of me. They are very afraid of me because of the prophecy that's on my life that's being fulfilled right now. But also because, you know, I've proven that, you know, I'm for God. I'm for God. And I'm going to fight about my soul. I'm going to go hard by my soul. So I've proven that. And really, it's not by my power. You know, I could have never did this without God. I got to give God all the glory and the honor and the praise for one. That's for a fact. I got to give God all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Because without him, I would be just like them that sold my soul. And I'd be a robot right now. I would be a demon-possessed robot right now. And this stuff is very real. This stuff is very real. They are being tortured and tormented all day, every single day. And this is why the fact that NBA Youngboy, if that is NBA Youngboy, no, that is NBA Youngboy, I believe. You know, attach himself to me. It's like he attached himself to me. Every single day, I'm tortured and tormented in his mind because he's tortured and tormented. So, you know, it's sad. It's really sad. I have to fight this hard because it's such on it's on such an industry level to the point that they control the police. I can't go nowhere. I can't run nowhere. I can't do nothing because they're everywhere. They're everywhere controlling everything. Controlling everything. And, you know, they control my family. My family submitted for money, bowed down to the devil. I had multiple visions of them, you know, bowing down to Satan and just doing little stuff like that, betraying me, you know, handing me over and being my, you know, the main, the main ones who threaten my life, you know, the main ones trying to kill me because they're trying to sacrifice me for money. So that is real. Yes, they do sacrifice people. And I just seen a post about Asian dolls talking about how they sacrifice people. I seen her in the spiritual realm, too. She's just, she seems like she is, you know, she seems like she's cooler. But I definitely believe she sold her soul to the devil as well. When I seen her, she was at this home with these white people, you know, and they just loved her. But, like, I was there, too. And I, I wonder how we could be at the same place. You know, and I'm worshiping God all day trying to get up out of this. But God didn't send me a lot of different places. So that's really not an indication of much. But I do know she's a good person. And um, mostly, you know, she has a good heart. A lot of people in this do, you know. But it's like ultimately it come down to they don't really care about nothing when it come down to when Satan tell them to come, go after somebody or Satan tell them to do something. They don't have a choice. They sold they sold to him. They are his minions. They don't have a choice. They They're, they're slaves. They are Satan slaves. So, you know, different people who are higher up in this, because it is levels to it, they have control over, you know, other people and other artists and other things. So I'm seeing that NBA Youngboy, as you can tell, how he keeps rising on the charts and everybody's always talking about him and all of the, all the different, you know, 
numbers he get on his videos and songs and stuff that he has a big satanic presence you can tell how he has you know he's growing in that and that's probably because of the many different souls he sacrificed you know because he's like i said he's wicked and he has this whole houston every every girl in houston you know is you know almost every girl in houston is is under his control and in love with him in a way in this weird like satanic way where he's hypnotized them all and you know i said that they are all being controlled and you know it's weird it's weird it's like he has sex with every every girl in houston spiritually it's weird but also i think he might be gay like i think they're all like really gay for real like it's this is the industry it's like they just pass and pass around you know how they talk about the bible talks about in hell how they have all these weird orgies and stuff that's how it is in illuminati they have orgies they don't care if it's your mother sister brother cousin son niece baby they don't care they, they, it's just like your whole everybody just to be passed around that's what it's like in hell you don't want to go to hell you don't want to go to hell trust me your body is just a piece of meat to Satan. he do not care and sex all that stuff that's just they just be doing they do that that and they don't they don't have any real morals or you know boundaries they they cross all the lines it's disgusting so you'll see visions of demons having sex with people raping people and like it'd be brutal rape it'd be all kinds of stuff and you have no choice so like in this in this time i never even sold myself to satan but just because of my family members trying to sacrifice me to the devil i was placed in the spiritual prostitution ring and every single day of my life i'm just being passed around throughout the spiritual realm to all these different individuals so i have to give him the young boy credit because he has a little bit more of a from what i can tell just heart i guess heart i guess where he's he was fighting demons off of me and it looked like he fell in love with me but god told me not to trust him do not trust any of it god told me that behind all of it he set it all up to make it look like he was coming to save me from something he put me in. So I don't really trust it. But then again, at the same time, God has also told me that, you know, he may have a chance at being saved. He may have a chance of being of being saved from going to hell, even after selling his soul. So, you know, he saved LeBron. If you see LeBron, you see that, you know, he worked really hard to get to a certain point. And now he's at a certain level with God where he's good with God. He's good with God after working very, very, very hard from what I can tell. But God is placing me above him because I never sell, sold my soul and never would. And I think that the reason why God gives people, different people different opportunities is because Satan doesn't really give you a choice. He doesn't really give you a choice a lot of time. Like if he just wants you or if he comes after you, he's going to torture you until you bow down to him. He's going to just beat you down. And you're not going to really, you just like a lot of people just not that strong, you know. Or if you don't have that much belief in God, it's not much that you can do, you know, because if you're not calling on God, you're not making it out of that. God, only God can fight your battles. You cannot fight Satan alone. So I think that's why God, you know gives different people opportunities to come out of that despite selling their soul because they ain't really have no choice.
they did have a choice, but you know, they might have fought as hard as they could or did the best that they could, and they could not make it out. But as far as money, Yaya, I think she was born into it because her father, and she is really wicked. She don't care at all. Like for me, I feel like I had seen, you know, in twenty twenty one. I seen, you know, that right after deliverance of my sister, that I was using God's love and just like, you know, just, I was just trying to get the love of God. Like I was just focusing on God's love. And as I focused on God's love, it was so immense. It was so much love for us. God has so much love for us, more love than the world can even hold. And I was focusing on God's love. And I just focused on Money Yaya because I kept hearing her laugh. I kept hearing her talking. I kept hearing her in the background of this every just every day all day. And I kept hearing NBA Youngboy laugh. I kept hearing I just kept hearing them laughing. So I realized it was them that they're behind this because this is so much bigger and so on such a big level. This is so much bigger than just, you know, local witches. If it was local witches, I'd have been done a long time ago. It wouldn't have taken this much, and it wouldn't be this many people involved. It's like millions of people, crowds, in the whole entire industry. But all I know is, you know, I saw Maniaya. I pictured her. I just pictured her, and I and then I imagined God's love for her. I'm like God's love for her. God loves for God's love for the whole world. God loves us so much. And I just start placing God's love on an image of her trying to, you know, pull the demon off of her because I kept hearing her laugh. I'm thinking like she is, you know, Satan. She's a demon. I got to exercise her, that demon. That's the only way I'll be free. And the thing is, it was it was just it started happening so quick with my sister. It took me like six hours to exercise her demon. But with Money Yaya, it started happening like the first five minutes. And I'm like, wait, so she really not that possessed? It's it's amazing how you find out like people are really wicked. They really are wicked in this world. But don't assume just because they have all the money that they are automatically, you know, sold they sold to the devil or just automatically the worst ones. They might have sold they sold. They might have bowed down to the devil. They might be possessed just like we all are possessed, each and every single last one of us, because we all sin. But they just not, you know, really as bad as we can be That when we're poor. When we're poor, a lot of times we can be way worse because we're so thirsty to have money, you know, and they had money their whole life. Now they, you know, trying to appreciate things outside of money. And when you sell your soul for money, you know, that's like the worst thing you can do. Because you worshiping another God, you worshiping a, you worshiping a God outside of God. But I do always hear her. I always hear her. So that's why I thought like she's behind all of this. But you know, God did show me it's my sister, and it's her cousin and it's her auntie, and I exercised my sister. But this stuff kept happening. So I'm like, so who still is it? Who is it? And then my and then God showed me that my brother was all Satan also has my brother. So I'm like. Of course, it's most likely my brother, but it's like he even told me, like, I'm the one doing all of this to you and you can't do nothing about it. And He laughed in my face and then Satan said to him, and look what all I'm doing to you and you can't do nothing about it. And he laughed in his face. 
Then I saw my brother look helpless. And I realized, like, you'll never win with Satan. Satan do not care about you. He do not care about you. You sell your soul for power and you end up powerless. You end up powerless. He does not he does not care about nobody. And God let this happen for a reason. Because he said that, you know, that was he didn't have no respect. He didn't have no respect for God for him to go to Satan for power. And he don't res- and God do not respect nobody who go to Satan for power because that's weak. Earn your power, you know, get your power from God. Matter of fact, don't even need power. That's where the real power comes from. Never needing it. When you are so thirsty for power, Satan is going to squeeze you for every little bit of anything you got. And I promise you, whatever power you thought you had will be long gone. And he will still be squeezing you, stretching you way too thin. Way past it. I'm telling you, have you ever heard that? saying you write a check that you're behind cannot cash that is satan i promise you he will push you so much further than you can handle that's what he was doing to my brother i'm talking about everything you could ever think of yes homosexuality rape demons all kind of stuff all this stuff he was doing to my brother and my brother couldn't do nothing he couldn't do nothing but cry he couldn't do nothing but cry. I never seen him cry like that in my life. But that's because after what I've seen and what I've been, what I've had to deal with and what I've been facing this entire time, because they try to sell my soul for me, though. They're gonna try to sell my soul for me and sacrifice me because they try to do that without me actually having a choice in it. I see everything that's going on. Like they pretty much force me into this because they chose that so god has given me the opportunity to come out and get out and because of my sin all the things i've been participating in without actually you know repenting as much as i should or just period because you shouldn't be sinning you have to live obediently because of all those different things you know satan was actually able to get hands on me And, you know, I had to fight my way out. But regardless of anything, you know, God gave me opportunity. That's why God gave me opportunity. God said, matter of fact, your family was going to sacrifice you to Satan and I was going to let you die and go to hell. Yep, you wasn't just going to go to heaven. You wasn't automatically going to go to heaven just because they sacrificed you and, you know, you otherwise wouldn't have sold your soul to the devil. No, you was going to go to hell for the things you've done in your life. That's why you got to stay ready. That's why you got to pray every single day. That's why you got to give your life to God no matter what nobody else is doing. Because if somebody come, a witch come out the woodwork and say, hey, I'm just going to sacrifice them today. Just throw a spell on a train just to get their power up and, and level up in the spiritual realm. And you don't got a, you don't have a connection or a relationship with God, you're going to hell. They taking your souls and they cashing them in for to get to the next level with Satan. And your life meant nothing here. Or they might go to the hospital one day, you having a baby, and they just put a spell on all the pregnant women who are having children that day and you miscarry your child. But, you know, because you didn't give your life to God and because you didn't plan to give your child's life to God, there's nothing you can do about it. You just got to deal with that pain of carrying a baby for nine months just to, you know, hold a dead child. This is the stuff that they do. 
this is real. And people are like, whatever, whatever, that's not real. Okay. Okay. Just like you think you probably still going to heaven, even though you barely repent, you barely forgive people for what they've done to you, and you barely even seek God. You probably only go to church on holidays and you barely read your Bible, but you think you're going to heaven. You're probably going to hell because you participate in sin daily, but you're not praying daily. And people don't understand that God is showing us a lot of mercy. Even if you pray every day, you're getting shown so much mercy. You still don't deserve heaven. You still don't. And he he showed me mercy. I pray every single day. I read my Bible every single day. For years, not my whole life, but for years. And I've always loved God. I remember being five years old and I used to walk around the school. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? And that's how I made friends. And, you know, God used to come to me throughout my life and just tell me things and show me things. So I always was anointed. I was always chosen. I was always favored by God. But yet still, he said to me, because of the sin that you participated in, fornicating and all this other stuff, they was about to sacrifice you to the devil and you would have died and went to hell. I wasn't just automatically going to save you. And no matter how much I've dedicated my life to God, I was baptized when I was like seven. And I've been in in and out the church now my whole life. But, you know... Even praying for years daily and trying to build up to this next level with God, all of that, none of that would have saved me. None of that would have saved me. So people out here thinking that you good, you better check with God. Like, make sure you good. Make sure you good. Promise you, because it's a lot of people sitting up here in the church and they actually are bowing down to Satan or being led astray. Just not, you know... They not fighting hard enough for they for their faith, and they just complacent and they and they they relationship with God they're not growing, and then there is you know pastors who actually are possessed by demons, you know because all the sin that they still participating in after knowing the word of God, they are possessed by demons. You know, I I dealt with it. You know, I'm sitting up here fighting and I have to have such a spirit of God on me while I'm fighting the industry each and every single day that, you know, when I go into this church, I'm God is descending above me at all times. And I know that that's not normal. That's not it's normal, but it's not for everybody don't have this. You know, I thought everybody had this when you get to a certain level. No, that's just the anointing on my life. God is descending above me at all times. And that's just my destiny. Everybody don't have that. Not every pastor, like I thought, they just have access to him. And all I know is, you know, I, I come in the, in the presence of this pastor and he's trembling. He just, he trembling so much that a, a cup of coffee is just like, can't, can't, the coffee, the coffee not ever going to stay in a cup. It, it can't stay in a cup. Like, he was trembling so much, he couldn't even pick up a pen and write his number down. I'm like, that's that's God. And he knew it was God. He recognized it. And he was trembling. The Bible says that even demons know the name of God and tremble. And God reminded me that it's pastors out here preaching his word that don't even believe in him. And that showed me, like, oh, he's a demon. He's possessed. He's possessed because the way he's trembling, that's that demon in him trembling at God's presence, just shaking. 
because God was on me. I walked in that church expecting some help and did not realize I had. I did realize Jesus said, why would you go to church expecting help from these people or from these pastors? I'm telling you, they're not going to be able to help you. You got all the help you need with Jesus Christ himself personally helping you. And I didn't know that everybody don't get Jesus Christ's personal help. He sent angels for other people. He personally helping me. So, you know, I realized the calling I got on my life. But, you know, if you see everything that I'm dealing with every single day, millions of people who are just like either they want to kill me or they want to steal my body, you know, every single day. And I can't, I can't get no rest, you know, I can't, I'm not left alone. I am tortured daily. If I don't fight for my life, I'm going under. They literally try to leave me in dreams, just anywhere. They try to leave my soul in dreams and God have to pull me out. They try to, you know, take over my body and give somebody else my whole entire body. And I don't know where my mind going to go. And what's going to happen to my soul? But they get to take everything. If that's what they, you know, if that's what God allowed them to do. God is, is, is sparing me daily. And then they they trying to take my faith in God. God has given me and blessed me with so much in, in this world and life. And I never thought I'd ever see the day that somebody can come and take anything they want off you. Anything. Your knowledge, they could take your talent, they could take your the, just your thought process, the way you think of things. If they are jealous of your thought process and how you think of things, they could just take it up off you. You have to fight them for it, but you can only fight with God. Without God, you will not win. And I never thought like they could come and take anything they want above you. If they say, I want her body, then they could just take your body. And just like that scripture goes, you know, they cast lots and they divided Jesus' Jesus's garments as they sacrificed, as he, as he was nailed to the cross on a pole. I mean, excuse me, as he was nailed to his hands and his feet on a cross. You know, all I know is that's how it feel my body. Like they just, like they just rolling dice for it. Okay, I'm going to get the hand. You can get the foot. And I'm going to get her brain. No, I want her heart. And like everybody just, like they just dividing it between, between them. That's how it goes in the spirit realm. Like they got your body parts there. They can have your body there. They can have your soul there. They can have your mind there. They can have your heart there. You know, your hearing, your sight, your, you know, your, your, organs in the demonic realm even while it's still in your body and you walking around in it that's where it's at that's why you have you know people have kidney disease or you know lung cancer or things like that on their body because these parts of their body is in a demonic realm so there's no such thing as a sickness Jesus is a physician. He heals. So if you have any sickness in your body, it's a demon. None of this medicine actually heals us. It treats us. Each and every single last medicine, all the medicine that's ever been invented is witchcraft. They call it science. No, it's witchcraft. Look at the sign for above the pharmacy. It is a pole with a snake wrapped around it. That's witchcraft. 
And people don't realize this, that doctors, when you go to a doctor, they never heal you. That's witchcraft. All of it is witchcraft. Even though God has shown me that doctors saving lives, they are angels. A lot of them are angels, but a lot of them are part of Satan's kingdom and they kill people on purpose. And I know everybody know that already. But, you know, we are one of the most targeted races out of all people. Black people are one of the most targeted races because we are the chosen nation and they want to keep us from waking up. Satan wants to keep us from waking up. But like I said before, and I'll say it again, God has ultimate control over that. And without God, you know, it don't matter what Satan will do. If it, he has to go through God first. So the fact that we are not where we're supposed to be, we're not awake and we're asleep. That's because we broke our promise. And until, we, you know, he forgives us enough to give us another chance to keep it. We are not ever going to, we're going to be stuck in this cycle forever. But I noticed something. If somebody break their promise to you, don't you want them to give whatever it is up front first now? 